Ryan, let's just talk a little bit about this. What is the what is the barf? Well, the barf is our new show, right? I know. This is uh the the look back yeah. at the week that was to help you get prepared for the week that is, right? So barf, breaking news, acquisitions, research, funding. Some variation of that. But these are yeah. things that, that you and I see throughout the week that catch our eyes. Things that we feel are going to be important to you. Yep. And we want to put a little bit of context and, and uh, a little texture to it as we talk about these things. So some yeah. of them are going to be really interesting to you. Some of them maybe not as interesting. Uh, we can't cover every news story because, good gosh, there's so many things that are out there. Could. So uh, why don't we start with our first one? You, you want to start? Yeah, let me kick off. So this week we got to talk to Marissa Kakari. Am I saying that mm -hmm. right? I think, I think so. so. We got that it. right. So new hire alert, right? This is uh, Wilson HCG. So Marissa is the new CMO. Uh, she's based in the UK, uh, obviously overseeing all things strategy for uh, the RPO. And I think this is an interesting hire, right? And you, you know, John, you know, Wilson yep. a lot. So you can shed some light there. But I think this is interesting because she has ridiculous background. Like if you 100%. go back and look... Just to go look at her LinkedIn profile, just Google her and go look at her. I mean, she was, I'm going to read this so I don't get it wrong. Ronsted CMO, she was a managing director Managing director at AMS. She had enough mm -hmm. brand uh, for a pontoon. She was at Corn Ferry, headed up their global marketing. And then if you go like way back into the 1900s, <laughs> he's compact and Nortel. I mean, like she's got a background, right? And I think this is huge for Wilson, right? But I think this is a this is a big deal uh for Wilson having her there now to represent them in the space. Oh, 100%. I think first of all this is the first professional truly with this type of experience uh marketer that Wilson HG has ever had and they've done fantastic up till now. So now imagine hiring yeah. this type of hire. I think uh I think as you said, you know, earlier, it's putting the industry on on notice. Yeah. Uh, and basically saying, hey, we've made a move. This is a really, really, really powerful move. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Yeah. Look, 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 look out for Wilson in the in the year to come. We'll say two years to come. She's got some big plans and really enjoy the conversation with her. So I think she's yeah. she's going to be a, a, a lovable person in the industry again. Love it. So uh, something that piqued my interest is a report from uh, stateofworktoday.com. And it was a stat that came out that basically said 30% of American workers are actively looking for a new job outside the company. And why I think that's interesting is like all we hear about is the negative, how the economy is you know, not doing well, the election coming up. Lots of layoffs. Every time you log in to LinkedIn, they laid off somebody. And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, if we got all these layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. If we got all these layoffs going on, why are 30 a third of your workforce looking for new jobs? It just doesn't, something's like, I couldn't, you know, I can't, I can't connect them. One of these things is not accurate. Uh, but yeah, if you want to take a look at the report, it's at stateofworktoday.com. And what, what, the number was 30%? 30% of American, I, I thought, American I, I workers. Thought it, I thought it would be more. I thought it would be more. To be <laughs> oh, honest. really? Yeah, I thought it would be more. Um, <laughs> huh. So I'm, I'd say disappointed, but, you know, I thought it would be more. Um, it just seems like a high number given all the, you know, all the angst about our yeah. economy. 
That just yeah, well, that's I, I I I think for for me, I think I thought it would be more because I just don't see the level of loyalty from employees yeah. to employer yeah. anymore. And so that's you're fair. constantly thinking, right? But you know, maybe my my numbers are off. But you know what? So in line to that. The we we talk we just we talk about that on another call just randomly, but it, the right to disconnect. So this mm-hmm. is out of Australia, right? So this is Australia's introduces the the workers' right to disconnect, and so this is the debate of and, and let's say the debate is real, right? This is not just work life separation in theory. This is in and I know France has done this and some some other yeah. countries in Europe. But this is Australia stepping up in the ministry saying you can't force people to work or penalize people to work past working hours. And what was the um, demote it? The podcast yeah. demote it, yeah. right? Yeah. They, they, they literally just got crushed for something like this or making some comments. I forget the whole thing, but I just yeah, saw it. Was it. 80, it was an 8 a.m. meeting. And the, right, employee, right, right, right. and the employee was like, yeah, I, I go to the gym at 8 a.m. Um, so, which again, at at first glance, you're like, uh, yeah, you have a job, dude, you, you know, go do your job. But at the same time, time, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Setting some boundaries, especially I think with a smartphone, you get emails, you get texts, you get all this stuff at night on the weekends or in the morning. It's like creating some boundaries for people. Again, if we don't do it, uh, company wise, they're going to legislate it. And that's what you, that's, I think that's what you kind of keyed in on yeah. in uh, Australia. Yeah. Well, and I think the, so the opposition to this, which was really interesting, it was complete cap, it was capitalism at its, at its finest. How's a company right. going to continue to make money? How are they going to be efficient? How are they going to get <laughs> things done? Well, that's on the company. That's not on the employee that you're paying right. for nine to five. Adapt. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like the idea. It's hard. We've uh-huh. all been there. It's hard to do that. I, fully understand that i'm not oblivious to the fact that you need to do something at five o'clock your shift ends at four right i've always taken the call because that's just yeah. how we've grown up but that's not everybody that's, that's not today no. so i think this is a real thing and i think it's gonna we're gonna see this continue i don't we'll know that it, this. yeah i don't know that it takes hold in the u.s but i think employers individual employers that want to build a culture that means something and build loyalty with their employee base, I think this is going to start to take hold. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more with you. So a uh, thing that piqued my interest today, or uh, this week I should say, is average, this is a quote, average office occupancy across the 10 U.S. cities rose by 53% last week, a post-pandemic high. And this is from the references Castle K A S T L E dot com. They they monitor, which is a really cool site, but they monitor uh, office space in the United States, like what the inventory is. How do they and, do that? Uh, well, they they know all the people and at those at the companies that own those properties, and they'll tell them. I mean, it's <laughs> I they want to rent. They want to rent. They, yeah. they want to rent. Hey, we have thirty thousand square feet open up in this building. They want to. They yeah. want. They want that out there. They're not. They're not going to be private about that. Uh, the commercial real estate world is very, very transparent. But yeah, this is in in their website. They have getting America back to work. So they study this, and what it, what it, what it really kind of made me think about is like since the pandemic, we've had four years to kind of figure this out. 
Like if, yeah. if, if this return to office is going to create a bunch of, you know, angst and whatever, but it's going to create a bunch of open office space. Okay. Well, why don't we flip those buildings into apartments or condos or retail or whatever multi-use space? Like, why are we, why do we have all of this inventory? And so for me, it's just like, why do we, first of all, I understand that, that it's, that's a high number of uh, unoccupied space, but seems like that we should be, we be, should like, they should already have a plan. I also want to say, you know, that growing up, growing up in Dallas, you know, it's a real estate market. It is a, it's, it's a, I mean, there's a real estate business mm-hmm. journal. Like it is a, it is a real corporate real estate, especially. And uh, when you have a really strong economy, it's like looking at the oil prices and looking at the barrel of oil, yeah. what it costs. When you have a really strong real estate market, whether or not it's commercial or residential, you probably typically have a pretty good market going on. Yeah. You probably have a pretty good, you know, uh, you don't have some of the things that we're seeing right now. So, like, keeping an eye on something like this will be an indicator of when the market starts to come back. Like, just keeping an eye on real estate. Yeah. Two, two, two things yeah. I think about when I hear you say all that. How do you say the word OIL? Oil? Oil prices? Oil. oil prices? I say oil. Oil? oil? oil. Yeah. Heavy emphasis That's on the O, like water. Yeah. <laughs> and, well. and, and, and Dallas. Both, both yes. bad. Both bad. So, <laughs> but, um, so now the, say anything about the Cowboys. <laughs> Come on. Just said Dallas. That's enough. The, um, so, so where does this leave? So to multi-space tenants, multi-space use in real estate. Mm-hmm. Get it. Where does this leave companies like WeWork, which I looked up and their stock is ridiculously like right. it's in the shit. Right. But where where does it leave companies like WeWork and these and these other whatever if they you have want a, to call it? Well if they have a shared a shared uh, office shared space. Shared office space. Shared office spaces. If if they if they continue with that model, so it's either you get that model right, which could be one thing is maybe they weren't charging enough. Uh, you know, so there's a fundamental, like there's a business flaw or an economics model. Uh, either they occupy that space, or you've got, you've got to do something different with the space. Uh, having just having inventory, it's like a hotel. Having inventory in commercial real estate, it's not a good thing. No. You want a full building, full occupancy, and long-term <laughs> contracts. That's that's what you no. want. It's like going down the street and seeing vacancy. Yeah. Yeah, those the, are not good things. On the motel, no, never, no. never, never no good a good thing. thing. And then they for a lease, creepy. Not a good sign. Yeah. That's a bad never, sign. For never, never good. Never. Or the billboards advertise here. Like, yeah. No, just put an advertisement up. All right. So I've I've got one that 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 I was you know I was I was listening to some stuff and reading some stuff and I just thought let me go dig into this a bit more. This is um, I titled this the hidden cost of employee theft. Ooh, okay. Okay. So the hidden cost of employee theft. Now we're not talking about like stealing pencils and shit like that's, that. It's just a given. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so UKG, which is one of the builders of work, right? Like fundamentally right, right. the tech, right? Half the world uses them. Got it. Right. All all all, all good. They've partnered with, or I guess, Shiftboard integrated fully now and partnered with UKG on managing it. So I've been following. I, I love frontline work the frontline worker mm-hmm. space yeah. for whatever reason right it's really interesting and i mean ultimately these are the people that power us 
right? They power everything that this country does or the world does, really, the frontline workers. And so Shiftboard is one of those companies that I love in this space because of what they do. They're in this space and they really have a phenomenal product. But this weekend, they just announced their partnership with UKG, right? So so check this out. I'm going to throw a couple of stats out at here. I'm going to read this so I don't get it wrong. 7% of annual payroll and about one third of all business failures are caused by employee theft. <laughs> so to put that into perspective, that's more than $50 billion a year yeah. in employee theft. Now, again, this isn't stealing the bag of Doritos off no, your shelf. No, no. It's fraud. This is time, time mm-hmm. clocks, swiping, punching the time card, right? People checking in 10 minutes early or checking out yep. 10 minutes late. And so as I got into this and thinking deeper, Okay, that's a lot of money. Like, but really, that's, is this a problem? Turns out, <laughs> turns out it's a lot of money. But when you dig deeper and you, and you actually put some brain power behind you, you think about this, you're getting into overtime cost, you're getting mm-hmm. into contracts and union contracts and labor, co- all of this stuff, right? That should people have benefits? Should not all of this stuff? And it's it's all it's all in this in this um in the in this article that I'll I'll share. I forget where I found it, but I'll I'm gonna go back and look and see if I can find it. Um, oh, it was on Business Wire, uh, which we'll have in the show notes for for everybody there to take a look. But it's it's called fake time fake time clocking. Hmm. Just not something I've ever thought of. And I just thought uh, this is I have to, I have to admit I've both been a receiver. And, um, and a, a catcher on that deal because I clock yeah. people in and I've had people clock me in. Uh, so uh, I think the statute of limitations has run out on that for me. Mm-hmm. So I think we're good. I don't think I'll be fine. <laughs> I, it is Sam a big Walton number. Sam can't get you. Nah, he can't get me. But, but the thing is, is like, it is a big number. So how do companies crack down? How do they get that money? They're not going to get the money back, but how do they lessen that money? Like in retail, yeah. you're always going to have... St- you're always going to have theft. It's yeah. it's a game of how do you make the theft a rounding error. And uh, so that's a that, I, first of all, we need to just keep track of that. That's a really really good yeah. thing to keep track of. Yeah, um, and, and there's there's a lot of players in this space. Emmy yep. Emmy's another one um, in frontline workers. And there, there's a lot of others, but th- th- for some reason, this one just the numbers in there kind of shocked me. And so I thought yeah. there's other people out there that one don't know this, and two are probably experiencing the pain. You need to you need to know about this. Follow it. So uh, another story that kind of piqued my interest this week was high. And this is quote: High performers, women, millennials, comma, comma women, comma millennials, are the greatest flight risk when strict return to office mandates are implemented. And what and this is by Gartner. So you can go to Gartner and search for it. It's research that they did uh, around return to office. Um, and what it got me thinking about was, okay, if, if your high potentials, your high performers, top talent, grade A talent, whatever you want to call them, if they all have a kind of a, yeah, we're just not going to do return to office, uh, the RTO as a, as a concept, mm-hmm. we're just not going to do it. Do we end up with C players at the office? And, you know what I'm saying? Like when we mandate, it's, it's really kind of strict return to office mandate. If we mandate, and our, our top talent says, yeah, you can mandate all you want to, homie. We, yeah. We're not coming. So you can mandate it. 
You know that. Now, you know are, the, we, are, we, are we talking C players in the physical office or yes. C players at the company? Period. C player. It, it seems to me if this is if this tracks, A players have options. A players are going to go work for where there's a very uh, flexible office environment where they could go to work or could go to the office or they don't have to. Whereas when you have a strict return to office, meaning you have to, whatever the context of that is, those folks are, to me, those folks are, they're just, they have options because they're top talent. They can take their talents to Miami or wherever. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Did you? Bella, yeah. we need yeah. to go ahead and say that. Yeah. But, uh, but so like, it, it's like the, when I read it, I thought Peter Principal. And the, the concept of Peter Principle is you're promoted to one state, one level above your, you know, competency level. And and if, if the A players all leave for companies that have better RTO, you know, structures or more flexible, whatever the bid is, mm-hmm. then who's left? And that's that's actually what I was thinking about. I was like, okay, well if they're all leaving <laughs> and, yeah. and, and they who's who's still going to the office? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 okay. So, what does an organization need to do to that? Not every organization is going to want completely hybrid or remote or distribute. They're going to want some type of office presence. Just now, you have the question of: Do you want top talent? That's that, that's the really the kind yeah. of slap in the face here. Is as Gartner puts it, it's uh, if you want top talent, you're going to have to ease. Your idea of what yeah. work looks the time like. Is, times have changed. You just got to get with it or <laughs> move on. Adapt or die. Yeah. yeah. Adapt or die. Right. Yeah. You got the little T-Rex hands. You, you, can, you can either get the apples or you can't get the apples. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to go if you want to color orange or something. I got that in where I was going. <laughs> Fair enough. What do you got? All right. So, so Dex. D-E-X. Um experience so dex is just the acronym but right. so nextink is the company right nextink acquired a company called appler okay. okay so this is all about remote work right so just right. keep the theme going it's this is an interesting one for me so they've been this has been covered obviously through business wire and all the other you know press release for you know for press release sites that are out there Forbes had a really good good article on this, and it was in and this is in combination. This is ties into, I should say, the into the acquisition. Now, the the study was not on the acquisition. Right. So I'm going to cheat here, and I'm going to throw a couple things in because it just makes sense. So li- li- listen to these numbers. I'm going to I'm going to run through these real quick. Now, my, there's a couple bullet points here. Twelve point seven percent of full time workers, full time employees, work from home. 28% work a hybrid model. Okay. By 2025, 32.6 million Americans, because we only think in American terms, right? right. We're not global here, of course, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, will work remotely as an FTE, full-time employee. 93% of employers plan to continue conducting job interviews remotely. Right. 16, but just 16% of the companies actually operate fully remotely with no physical location. So hmm. 93% will run the entire thing, an interview process remotely, but just 16% yeah. say you don't actually have to come in the office. 
it's right. convenient for us to interview you remotely, but you need to get your butt in here. 57 percent <laughs> of these workers said they'd be on the market looking for a new opportunity if their current company did not allow some yep. form of re remote work. And somewhere in there, it might have been somewhere else that I've seen it, that some form was in the 60 to 70 percent range. 100 percent. Right. So this Again, just goes I, I think, to what you were saying. I think it's the, you know, if you want to win, like this is the, this is the bit. Like uh, I'll give you a Texas Rangers story. Texas Rangers, uh, historically, and again, no historically, right. no, yeah, right, right. But historically, because we had open stadiums down here in Arlington um, and the previous two stadiums were open stadiums, right? When you say so open, by the what do you mean? Open air. No, oh, no, 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 don't. So like the rest of the no, country, don't. open air. Got right. So open air. Problem is, is in, in April, they're, they're doing well. May, killing it. You know, uh, mm -hmm. get into June. And then all of a sudden you hit the All-Star game. Tank. And it was for no other reason outside of talent. We'll, we'll mm -hmm. put that aside for a moment. It's because it's a, it was down on the field. It was 120 degrees. Mm. Now, it's 120 degrees for everybody. But it's, it's, still, 100, it's still 120 degrees yeah. down on the field. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. And it was on AstroTurf at the time? No, though we always had grass. Okay. Um, yeah. The original stadium and the, the newest stadium, that were the newer stadium that, that George Bush, actually, when he was governor, he was a part of, of putting it all right. together before he became governor. Right. We, the the, the and, original veteran stadium in Philly was yeah. AstroTurf. And that was ridiculous. <laughs> I, I played on that, and that was insane. No, yeah. that's how you get concussions. No, you're, that's not a good thing. Well, and you the, burn uh, your skin off. Well, think about like like look at this. They the Rangers got a new stadium, and it's a dome, right? It's beautiful, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. It's kind of a modern kind of a, one of those stadiums. But a couple years later, they won the World Series. This is a right. team that's been around for seventy five years as either the Washington Senators or the Rangers. They've been around forever, but like to win, they had to realize we have to do something different, and that different. Yeah is we need a dome stadium because it's hot as Hades in mm -hmm. Texas in the summer. Duh. So I think it's this the parallel for, for companies that want to win and you want to win with talent because that's pretty much how you're going to win. Yeah. Uh, you're just going to have to adapt. You're going to have to bend to the talent, and especially the top talent. Um, if, you want, if you want them, because they'll go elsewhere. They're, yeah. uh, they'll just do something differently. And so I, I think you're, I, I think you're onto something and I think it's just something that we should uh, uh, keep an eye on. So let me, let me give you one around wellness and financial wellness and, and, and that kind of came across the desk that I really liked. So this is from SoFi at work. So if you're not following SoFi at work, it's SoFi at work.com. And then they have a report of future of workplace financial well-being. So first number, uh, 86, and this is quotes, 86% of employees feel increasingly stressed about their finances. Hmm. 86, and I, first of all, that, that number is but probably... Finances meaning like your personal finances, not your Personal salary. finances. Okay. No, personal finances. Okay. So that's, that, first of all, that's probably always going to be an, a, 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 a percentage of your workforce that's going to be mm -hmm. looking for a job. And that's, you know... They are concerned about their finances, so I'm not like, okay, we're going to get, the, we're never going to get that to zero. They're always going to be somebody that's like, I'm stressed yeah. out about my Amex. Okay, got it. However, that's a really high number, and so what it made me think of when I was reading it is like, 
they had more stats that really kind of like you know, thirty-seven percent of employees are taking on more credit card debt. Mm-hmm. One in five have borrowed against retirement uh, savings. Uh, so that's twenty percent for those the uh, the non-math majors. Uh, and and again, if if you want to retain this talent, as we've talked about, kind of return to office and some of these other things, if you want to retain top talent, you need to create a really really kick-ass financial wellness strategy. And, uh, you know, when it comes down to money, I think we've historically said it's the money that we pay you, but we now need to think about it's the money that you have that needs help, whether or not it's financial, like student loans or debt relief or whatever it is. Like as a company, again, if you want that top talent, you've got to cross over and care about their financial situation, whatever it may be, and put programs in place. Yeah, their, their financial literacy is yep. is is going to pay off for you. This is very similar to um, sports, NFL, yep. NBA, yep. et cetera, where they now have. I mean, and for years they didn't. I know. And, and I know. They, they, people were getting massive, massive endorsement deals, and they couldn't handle it, right? And so, percent. And so, yeah. And so, so this is, this is more of the same with that. And this isn't your PBS Susie Orman special, right? right. This is actually right. managing real money um, and helping your employees survive and do what they can do to have a better life financially. Yeah. You know, this is interesting. It's an interesting play. So I'm going to, I want to back up to the, to the, to the previous, mm-hmm. um, numbers that I shared, um, which by the way, indeed Upwork and Flex Jobs, our friends over there, were all quoted in that study. So then there was a whole bunch of companies, but those three were actually provided a lot of that data. The so the the piece that comes off of that and what made that really interesting to me and I and I wanted to tie these two back together. So I said DEX. And so just so there's no, just to clarify, DEX is not the company. DEX is digital employee experience. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now this isn't for, for those that are listening, I may not be familiar with this. DEX digital employee experience is not the tech that you're using. It's not how do I create an experience or um, an engaging environment for the employee. This is, this is how, how do we manage? our workforce, the tech that they're using, how do we support that? How do we build that adoption? And so for its 20th birthday, next thing, right? They've been around 20 years now. So they went out and they went and they went shopping, they bought some things. And one of those things was app learn. And so this is all about productivity. um, And I really Mm -hmm. like this as, as I dug deeper into it. And so the, I shared the information on the uh, previously on the uh, on on the study, but there are where is it at here? I, I wrote it down because I knew that I was going to forget it. The the hybrid model, right? So twenty eight percent of current workforce is in a hybrid model. Twenty eight percent of companies in America, anyway, uh, are hybrid. I think it's going to be more overseas. I, I could be very wrong. So so what so what? Why this is I think important. Uh, for maybe not everybody, but I think this is important to watch because the the more we get into a hybrid model, the more support is going to be needed. And so what this allows uh, next thing to do, next thing to do, sorry, next thing is the RPO, right? That's the RPO? 
next thing. Mm-hmm. I think. It is. Yeah. So next thing is what this allows them to do is actually support remotely all of their employee base. Okay. So this yeah. is not just supporting when I have an issue, like, Hey, I can't right, get into right, my right. computer. Okay. Tech comes yeah. in, they log in. They my log in. Yeah. This yeah. is preventing issues yeah. from happening. Right. So this allows the, this allows the company that they're, you know, the, the allows a company that we run, for example, of like 10,000, 20,000, 40,000 people. It allows us to understand, allows IT to know, hey, you have an issue coming. This is going to be the issue. Or Ryan has an issue he doesn't know about. You need to go and fix this. And so it gives that IT department, it gives that company the ability to fix a problem for people that they may not even know they have, whether Mm -hmm. it's an upgrade to software, there's a conflict in software, whatever it is, they can now do that. Now, AppLearn bolsters that. Right. Yep. And then works with 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 the, the adoption of all the tech within. And so those two together, I think, is is going to be a significant win for a lot of these companies in a hybrid model. There's a lot of players out there, uh, but this potentially this, was, this is one of the bigger of, of those. Yeah, I, th- I think you're first of all, I think COVID, you know, we cobbled stuff together. You know, yeah. okay, on March 3rd, everybody goes home. It's like, oh, how the hell do we do this thing? And so yeah. we kind of futzed our way through that. That Now we're looking at the efficiency. Right. You know, uh, years later, we're looking at, okay, now that's not uh, that's going to continue. How do we make that better? We're going to see a bunch of right. those types of things happen. Uh, side note, I was an early advisor to AppLearn and almost oh. an employee, almost the CMO of AppLearn. They're, uh, they're based out of Manchester, wonderful company and uh the founders are also manchester united supporters so uh <laughs> big huge shout out to apple 100 100 great people great people I, I love it i just think it's going to be gonna be a good thing the red side of manchester not the blue side all right so something uh, on the news side today uh this week excuse me you and i have worked with smart recruiters since it's been around for 10 years, maybe even longer. Uh, yeah. I was an advisor to, to Jerome. And when Jerome left, um, they went quiet. I mean, they just went quiet. Like I don't, like people would ask me, like, hey, man, are you still involved? I'm like, no, not, not still involved, blah, blah, blah. I don't know where Jerome is. He's probably in the South France. It's just a guess. Um, on a sailboat. And we just have, yeah, yeah. And we just haven't heard from him. So I read this bit this week. It says, smart recruiters relaunches their marketplace. And it's, that's at marketplace.smartrecruiters.com. But when I looked at it, when I dug into it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool. They're coming back. You know, everybody likes, a, everybody likes a comeback story. Everybody likes that. And once I dug into it, it's like, okay, they've got 183 integrations, which sounds fantastic. And congratulations. None of that stuff's easy. I get it. But then you look at Greenhouse, again, someone that we do a lot of work with and have mm-hmm. done a lot of work with. They have 484 integrations. That'd be, for those non-math majors, <laughs> a lot more. 300 more integrations. So it's like, should this have been just kind of a quiet announcement? Like, like is this the thing that announces that you're back when you're not – you're a 300 off of uh, another person that you would compete with in greenhouse. Like what do you, what's your take on that? You know, it's even when looking, I haven't found anything. 
on smart recruiters. Um, you know, and, and part of me wonders, I mean, I, I love the team. Well, I loved, I don't really, you know, know who, who's there now, but right. I, part, part of me wonders, is it relevant, right? Is smart recruiters relevant in today's marketplace? I don't know that answer. Right. And, when they when when you come out with a story that's showing in you know one of your competitors and hey we have less than half of what they have, it, it's an interesting <laughs> play. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. play, and, I, and I'm sure we're, we'll dig in and we'll we'll get more answers there. But hopefully there's hopefully hopefully there's more to come. It just seems yeah. like an odd press release that you know oh. we're going to announce this that we've relaunched our marketplace, which is congratulations again. That's a heavy lift. However, mm-hmm. maybe not a press release. Maybe maybe that's just something you go back out to your customers and prospects with and you make it known to them that they've got all these integrations at their disposal, et cetera. You got great partners. That all that tracks for me. Right. What what doesn't track for me is why is that a press release? And so it, it just again it it made me then go look at you know, uh, it maybe go look at, at a greenhouse and lever and a bunch of others and go, yeah, this is not something you should have talked about in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So a okay, question on, 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 uh, on this one here. So <clears throat> Oracle, mm-hmm. okay, it's just kind of an Oracle and ADP play. Cause they're both kind of doing the same mm-hmm. or Oracle just announced and it was a, pretty big announcement that they made and they're really putting a lot of push behind this so the announcement was oracle embeds generative ai across the tech stack to enable enterprise ai adoption at scale Mm -hmm. and so obviously there's a bajillion things that can mean right i'm not an expert i'm not gonna i want to pretend to be an expert there so I, i dug a little deeper on this to see really where this affects talent acquisition HR recruiting, and it's it feels like it's more of the same. It's job descriptions. It's yeah. um, you know things like that, right? Like we can write job descriptions. We can write um, whatever it was, like payroll validations and all, all this stuff, right? Yeah, just because but, you can doesn't mean you should. But yeah, okay, I got, I'm tracking with you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so my my question to you is where where does this sit on the important meter? in your mind for the space. Uh, well, because both those companies are public, they're really, this has nothing to do with HR or their clients or anything like this. This is just, uh, this is for wall street. This yeah. is a press release for wall street that basically says we're not getting left behind. You know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're an innovative company. We do innovative stuff and yeah. we're not getting me left behind. Does the customer care? No, not at all. Yeah. Nor should they quite frankly yeah uh again how something gets done unless it's unless it really impacts them then uh yeah it's just one of those things yeah i need first of all i think it's needed i mean first of all they're getting great advice from their pr firm and their investor relations team is you should you should make sure that you're always mentioning that these things are happening we're working on it we've been working on it like with oracle they've been working on their own large language model for two years yeah i think yeah, they, they, so, yeah, it's it's not new, hundred percent. It's not it's not new, but if they've got a they've for Wall Street has a, you know short attention span, so they've got a they've got to remind Wall Street that yeah. that they're doing innovative stuff. Now, if you strip that away, and like, does Jimmy or Sally CHRO care? No, not at all. 
No, not, it, not at all. No, and forcing it, them to care is a mistake. Well, in yeah, my that's, opinion, that's never going to work. So, it, it, in the same breath, ADP announced ADP assist. Yeah. So saw this on work on Workforce AI and, and some of the others that are out there, um, which basically is just a conversational interface, right? The help yeah. HR. It's a productivity tool. It's not workflow, database, yeah. decision making. Yeah, it's not a bad thing at all. But no. three things kind of stuck out to me, which it, which is interesting. So I'm not a blockchain person, right? Like I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I know I need to know, but I don't know. I'm just gonna be honest, no, right? Blockchain but, and staffing is probably the best the best example because right. it eliminates fraud. You get it, all they have to be real people and right. all that stuff. Yeah, that, 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 that makes sense. That. Yeah. Right. So okay, so so three things I liked about this in with the ADP assist was I'm not sure I love the chat feature yet. I'm sure it's got to get better, right? Like I've never right. used it, so I can't say one way or the other, but I can just right. say from others that I've used, it's just a, yeah. uh, so take me to your leader quickly. Yeah. Be a human quickly. I just yeah. type in agent, 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 agent eventually agent. I get somebody, um, yeah. but, but then you don't respond in 30 seconds and they end it right there. I'm just like, oh yeah. Oh perfect. yeah. Okay. So, so a couple of things I saw here, one was payroll validation. Okay. So, I thought this was really interesting. So ADP Assist will look for anomalies in payroll, okay? Yes. Making sure people are getting paid correctly, whether it's not a bad thing. They're not yeah. getting paid enough. They're not getting paid on time. There's something right. wrong with the time cut. Whatever it is, right? I I like that. I think that's and um, I know that's been there, but that's one of those things that a human has historically done, right? And that's just not something a human should be doing. No, this, this is something technology can handle. Um, I do like, and I did see this part. Um, <clears throat> it's a, I forget what it's called, but it's a reporting suite. Basically, you just tell what you want. Like, I want to see this. Yeah. Pop, Bloop. love it, right? Not on how accurate, not on that, but I liked what I saw, right? So I think that's definitely worth looking at. Um, but the AI-based support, that's more the, you know, the chat stuff, right? So I don't know. It's not new. I don't know how great it is or not. Uh, but those are the three things that, that stuck out to me with, with that. And that's very similar to the Oracle with, you know, in, embedding the, the generative AI across the entire suite. They're all kind of doing the same things. Yeah. Right. So uh, another news article that came across that I, I really found uh fascinating is Workday and Insperity announced exclusive strategic partnership to provide best-in-class HR service and technology to small and mid-sized businesses. Right. So Insperity, for those uh, that might not know, those admin staff. So back in the day, if you would have thought of them, they're one of the largest PEOs. And so that's at uh, newsroom.workday.com. So you can go and kind of uh, search for it and find the article. But you know, when you when you hear the word workday, you automatically most people in the industry that they automatically think, okay, SAP and Oracle. That's that's who you and that the you know Fortune one thousand. You think of them the global, the global players, etc. Um, but Insperity doesn't play at that market. Generally speaking, they play down market with SMB right. and even mid market. Um, now what Workday is, is, you know, again, don't sleep on this this announcement because what they're conveying to people is that they are actually going after all the market, not just the up market, mm. not even some of the mid market. They're going after all the market and they're doing it through a partner and a wonderful partner in Insperity 
so just don't sleep on that partnership. Don't don't because because again, it's it's easy to kind of put people in a box, right? And then say, oh yeah yeah yeah, I get it. You know, you, this is the box you play in. No, they're redefining their box, and they're doing it with a wonderful partner. Yeah. Okay. So so funding news. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Compa, right? They yeah. they went through a funding round. They got some cash. This is a company that you know very well. Yep. I'm a, so an advisor. You you are an advisor, right? So we'll just full disclosure there. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. 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 Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So give us some insight there, right? What? Why is this important for Compa? Well, you've got two things. So when Charlie and, and uh, his co-founders, when they first put it together, it was a combination because he's a comp guy. In fact, he was at Workday for 10 years or whatever before this. And uh, he's a comp, full-on comp professional. Right. What they were trying to do is make it easier for talent acquisition to create offer letters. So comp is usually inside of an organization. It's off to the side. It's, it's very siloed. You know, finance has probably more interaction with comp than, than HR uh, mm-hmm. in some companies. And so what he was trying to do with comp was bring uh, those two things together, but for talent acquisition. So that, hey, you're trying to get a job out, out. You're trying to, or excuse me, you're trying to get an offer letter out. Boom, you've got like 30 minutes. You know, so how do you do, get real-time data on what we can and can't do from a comp perspective? But also, it's also kind of flagged the importance of uh, pay equity. And I think that, that uh, again, one of the things that they're winning on is some of their indexing and the, the way that they look at comp data and show people, here's what's going on in your space and your market, this, that, and the other, so that you can be equal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, to me, I think the funding makes sense. I mean, it's a, this is a really really tough time to get funding let's just let's just kind of throw that out uh it is a difficult time to raise money if you're institutional it's also a very difficult time as a startup to to raise money and so for them to get a series a and again they didn't need it they they got it on their preferred terms that, that they wanted um now they now they're poised for growth now they can actually do something but this is a company that started in you know you know Two or three, two or three of the founders are all working from home, and um, it's it's nice to see that they've gotten the recognition, um, and they've also now they've got some growth money, so that they can actually do something. You know now that, but uh, you'll remember from HR Tech, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, mm-hmm. Compa had a booth down from Jovio, and uh, they they all they did was put down fifties and hundreds oh, and twenties. The little golf, golf, and, you, and, and, and you, the stroke, and man, I didn't it, hit one of those things. I didn't either. I didn't either. And I, yeah. I they gave me like a hundred tries too, and it, I oh. was just a failed bit because it would just run over those bills. I'm like, yeah, they were weighted golf balls, and it was a bunch of BS. They cheated everybody. No. So, all right, I got one for you. So, Paycom launches a global HCM solution, expands internationally. So here's the deal. Paycom is a lot of the pays. Paylocity, Paycom, Paycor, you know, okay, you go on with them. There's about 400 of them. They all kind of drafted behind ADP uh, and got business from ADP. They're being faster, cheaper, more higher quality, whatever the bid mm-hmm. was. But this is actually really interesting because normally a lot of these, they stay within the four walls of the United States. And with with Paycom, they've actually already got Canada. They've already got Mexico, so they've already got 
you know, they've already got, they've already done those payroll libraries. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to the UK. And once they get into the UK, you're, you're, you're one step away from global payroll. That's, that's the thing is once you go to the UK, you figure out how to do all of the UK, boom, now you can go, where do you want to go next? And their customers will take them wherever they want to go next. So it's something to keep note of like, okay, the Paycom that you thought of is not the Paycom of today and it won't be the Paycom of tomorrow. Right. And Paycom just appointed their own CMO, Steve Sturgis, I think it was Sturgis, Sturgis. Yeah. Sturgis. Let me look it up. I don't know. Misspell, mispronounce. Yeah. Steve Sturgis. Yeah. So he just started last month as their CMO as well. And so he, he comes from a, a, a long storied background as well. Actually, it looks like he was from university of Oklahoma. Isn't that one of your favorites? A hundred percent. Yeah. So you guys have something to talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> SpaceX probed by California over sex bias retaliation claims. Um, this will be fascinating to kind of watch it play out uh, because, you know, SpaceX, as, as we all know, SpaceX is a really cool company. They do really mm -hmm. cool stuff. But how in the NLRB, National Labor, uh, Labor Relations Board, how they process this, both California and nationally, how they process this and prove bias versus preference is going to be really fascinating to watch. So let's just, you know, that's on Reuters. So you can look on Reuters and, and obviously search there to find out more about the that particular story and then track yeah. it. That's, that's one to track. That's a big company, and and uh, California is going to go, and, and rightfully so. If where there's smoke, there's probably fire. They're yeah. going to go after them, and uh, I think that's going to be interesting. And California will find it. California has 100%. rules and things for everything. They will find so, it. So, so let me give you another one that was came out of uh, the Hong out of Hong Kong that I found fascinating. So, Deepfake's colleagues trick a Hong <laughs> Kong clerk into paying Hong Kong $200 million. Yeah, explain okay. I don't, to me. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay, so here's the bit. When you read the article, God. this is uh, news.rthk.hk. So HK. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pull this up. It's not going like... to. So, so here's, the, here's the bit. These folks put together uh, basically a Zoom meeting with all AI deepfakes. <laughs> I'm serious. So I'm they, they put, it now. It just blows they my it, mind. They put it all together. So the guy on the other end thinks, okay, this is legit. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Great. Makes a, a payment, whatever. And it's all fake. And so what's, what's newsworthy for me out of this bit is you can't trust anything. So like when we're thinking about this, we're, we're thinking about the, all the positives of, of AI, generative AI, et cetera. But when people are thinking about did, you know, Deep fakes, you know, we've got to both from a vigilance perspective, but also a training perspective, we've got to train ourselves and our employees and our executives to, you know, to do what Reagan, I guess, said, uh, trust but verify. It's the verification part that I think is going to be uh, very, very difficult. And so it's something to keep an eye on. It's like, I mean, first of all, it's just, I, I mean, it floored me reading it going, how could you fake? And, you know, again, this is just a con. It's a scam. It's just like anything else. They're just That's, doing it, and it's more real-like. That had to be pretty damn good. It had to be really good, 100%. $200 right, last million. One, dollars. 
Uh-huh. And that's Hong Kong dollars, so I don't know what the translation is, but still. Oh, Even if it was 50 bucks, doesn't matter. The fact that they would con somebody, right, out of out of being able to con somebody out of money using deep fakes, that's interesting. So this is uh, Discover the Top 354 Most Innovative and Influential mm-hmm. Talent Management Tech Companies. It's an ecosystem, the, talent, the talenttechlabs.com. They put out these graphics. It's like an infographic, has a bunch of bubbles, and it shows you the different players. Uh, first of all, I hate ecosystem graphics. They usually, they just suck. Yeah. Like we could go into that for hours, but we won't. TTL, Talent Tech Labs, they do the best at pull, pulling these budget, these bubbles together and try to make sense of a confusing market. Yep. It's free. Go to the site, download it, and take a look at it and see if there's folks yep. that you know or don't know on the on the list. Every year they do, or I think it's every year, but their their graphics are easy to read, engaging, interactive, and fantastic. And the conversion, by the way, is roughly $25 million, assuming I right. did it properly. Right. That's a lot of money for- that's that's a that's some that's a that's a bar tab. Yeah, I got to mention this. I said that was the last thing, but I got to mention it's Cadian <laughs> Ventures Fund Two, thirty million dollar early stage funds focused on the next generation of work technologies. You can look them up at AcadianVentures.com. These are friends of ours. So yep. Jason Corsello and Thomas Otter, we've known for a hundred hundred years. They, in their fund one, they made really really good bets. I mean, really good. The compo was one of them. Mm-hmm. So they made really, really good bets. Uh, make sure you track Acadian Ventures uh, so that you find out what they're funding. They do great announcements on who they funded. They just funded Fora, which you and I talked to Joe Essenfeld yep. uh, earlier this week. So they make good bets. And if you want to know about the future of work, you look at the funding agents. You look at the people that are looking at this stuff and putting money into these plays. So track that one. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the barf. If you it's the barf. If you haven't already, subscribe everywhere. Anywhere you get your podcast, work to find barf. Everything is there. Uh, social, of course, YouTube itself right here. Until next time.